Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, we're going to continue on with the series on Luke's Gospel about the pathways and obstacles to Jesus by looking at today's passage, which is in... Thank you, Daniel. Pathways and obstacles to Jesus by looking at the passage in Luke 7 today. Now, I just want to say that if the content of this, of this talk uh, is triggering in any way or it raises questions for you, we would appreciate you taking some support from anybody that you consider is suitable. Okay, so we're going to start. Let's see if I can work this. Do you want to just go forward? Thank you. Okay, so I just want to start with a scene. So I want you to imagine a scenario today. What if? So I want you to imagine that you've been invited to a person's house for food. And this person's really important in the city. But you don't really know why you've been invited. Okay? You've had a meal and then somebody from the community who's on the edge of the community comes in and they hone in on you, and they give you their undivided attention, but probably in a bit of a, a way that's seen as socially odd. The host, the person who invited you, does nothing, okay, but is thinking, how come you're just sitting there and letting this person behave to you like this and not reacting? Okay, so that's the scene, and what we're asking is, what's going through your head? What are you thinking what are you going to say? What are you going to do? And what do you think Jesus would do in that situation? Well, the story that we're going to look at today is exactly like that. Luke 7, verses 36 to 39. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in the town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume, and she stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If the man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him, and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. So just a few points from this part of the passage. So the... The Pharisees, they were very rule-following Jews, and they looked really righteous on the outside. Now, eating practice in those days, uh, we don't know whether this house had an outside courtyard, so we don't know whether they were eating outside or in. But you would normally sit at a low table, so you could sit with your feet to one side, you could rest on one hand and eat with the other hand. So that was how it would normally work. Now, in this passage, it mentions a sinful life. So then it was all about keeping the Ten Commandments and society would look down on two particular types of people which were tax collectors and prostitutes. Those were kind of what were seen on the margins at that time. And it just made me think really, what does society 
judge as sinful today? Um, is it about serious organised crime? Could be human trafficking? It could be any form of abuse to vulnerable people. Then we kind of think about what about the, the victims of exploitation? What about their behaviours? Is it about dealing drugs? Is it about prostitution? There's lots of things going on. But I would say, who's setting these standards? Who's saying what's okay and what's not okay? Because when I look at the Bible, um, it says that sin separates us from God. But it also says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So that's all of us. I think that's really important. Before Jesus came, what happened was where there was sin, there was sacrifice that covered it over. But when Jesus came, he came and led a sin-free life so that he became the sacrifice for us all. He was our rescuer. So let's look at the woman's actions then. So it, it took real courage. She wasn't invited to the Pharisee's house, but she came to the feet of Jesus. And she expressed her love in a way that she knew from her lived experience how to do. So she wept on his feet and she dried them with her hair. And culturally at that time, women would have had their head covered and only their husband or their close family would have seen that. So that was, again, was another risky thing. She kissed his feet and she anointed them with perfume. And we're not just talking about a squirt of perfume. We're talking about breaking an expensive container, pouring the whole lot on, and it was costly for her. And then let's just finish off with the Pharisee's thoughts. The story tells us what he, what he was thinking about, what he'd witnessed. Um, he judged and stereotyped. He judged Jesus as not a prophet, and he judged the woman as a sinner. And he thought that the two shouldn't mix. Luke 7 verses 40 to 43. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, said Jesus. So this story um, was to illustrate the scene that was playing out in Simon's house, but just using a different scenario. So the amounts that both people were short of were different, but they both needed and were shown forgiveness. However, I think the different amounts then resulted in a different depth of appreciation for the person who forgave. So Simon could see this in the story that Jesus had shared with him, but he couldn't see it in the scene in front of him. And Jesus was reminding him that he was judging. Now, as Christians, we need to um, consider this for ourselves, and we don't want to be like the Pharisees, because in the Bible, we're told not to judge. Um, but let's be honest... The church, to our shame, has, has um, marginalised lots of people in society over the years. 
And if we're going to play our part today, we've got to take responsibility to consider our own biases and, um, and not allow in any shape or form an us versus them culture. And Chris referred to this um, recently when he did his talk and it, it, he used an African word, um, Ubuntu, which means I am because we are. We need a we culture. And God's commissioned us to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. So we need to make the offer to follow Jesus open to the entire population. So let's just bring this down to like a practical example of how we can do this in, church, in Fountains Church. So if we all make an effort to connect with everybody in this community, then what we could do is take the opportunity to speak to somebody that you don't know or maybe you wouldn't naturally uh, mix with um, and, and find out about them. And you will find that that will grow you. Let's move on to the next Bible reading. Luke 7, verses 44 to 50. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her, her many sins have been forgiven, and her great love has shown, but for whoever has been forgiven, little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So I love the fact that Jesus faced the woman and he spoke to Simon and he said, do you see this woman? Now, you can hear but not listen and you can look but not see. I'll just illustrate this with this next bit. So, um, so I don't know if you've seen this movie. It's based on an imaginary planet called Pandora. It's called Avatar or there's a sequel called Avatar, The Way of the Water. And if you have, you'll hear this expression, I see you, many times. And what it's saying is, um, I see the whole of you. I don't just see the outside, but I see the whole of you. I see, I accept you, I connect with you, even though we're different. So that's what it's referring to. So we're just going to look at a little clip that shows you an example of this. And in this clip, Jake, who's the human, and he's got an avatar, try and keep up with this story if you're not familiar, um, is rescued by Natari, who is a, an indigenous humanoid. Okay, And she sees him in this clip for the first time, not just in his avatar, but in his human body. And yet, they still love each other. Jake. 
got the old version can we just move uh, back to back to the passage is that all right thank you so jesus said do you see this woman all of that he also kind of pointed to the difference between the inside and the out so jesus contrasted the lack of a socially acceptable welcome that simon showed him that was expected in the community at the time compared to the welcome that he received from the woman even though that was socially unacceptable at the time she came her welcome was generous and she came to the focus on the feet of Jesus just like bowing to a king she knew that her body was used for sin but her heart towards Jesus was full of love Whereas Simon, he, his, um, he was very righteous on the outside, but his heart was lack of care. It lacked care. And the Bible says, man looks at the outer, but God looks at the heart. Both Simon and the woman needed forgiveness, but it's just that Simon couldn't see it. Two more points on this bit. Um, Jesus, just like in this scenario, just like in our lives today, people are watching. And people were witnessing what was happening in Simon's house. And I wonder what they thought of what Jesus did. And then finally, it was personal. Jesus turned and he spoke to the woman. He praised her faith that resulted in her being saved. And he gave her a gift of peace. He said, go in peace. What a depth of gratitude that would have provoked. So just mm-hmm. there we go. So what have we learned and what what is it about us that we need to take away from this? So there's three points I just wanted to make. So who is about, who's around and about that we see or need to see? How do we stop judging but see people as Jesus sees them? And what can we learn from others if we take the time to see them as Jesus sees them? So we just wanted to share an example from our own lives. So we're both from this city. And as part of Fountains Church community, we're involved in Saturday Gathering. 
And like Sunday gatherings, it's just a place where everyone is welcome. And it's a joy to spend time with the folk, those who come along and those who volunteer. And Saturday gathering is being described as a safe space. And we think it's really safe for that precious community. So we sit at tables and we enjoy together food, worship music. We listen to a short faith-based talk and pray. And it's all tailored to that community. And we watch and we learn from each other. And what I've learned from the community is they very much look out for each other. And as we spend more time together and we see and we listen, the more that trust grows and the more that that allows us to share our lived experiences and our current states and share our situations, our thoughts and our hopes. And this opens up the way for God's love and a shared ministry, Jesus being accessible to all. We love having this touch point with the community to check in with each other. And it's a great space to help each other and an opportunity to volunteer. So, so recently I read a poem and it's about Ben and it's called Just Checking In. And it seems to pull together... Move on, yeah. Um, seems to pull together a lot of the things that we've talked about today. So I just wanted you, David's going to read it to you, and I just want you to listen. You might want to close your eyes. It's quite a long poem, but it kind of seems to pull things together. A minister, passing through his church in the middle of the day, decided to pause by the altar and see who had come to pray. Just then, the back door opened. A man came down the aisle. The minister frowned as he saw the man hadn't shaved in a while. His shirt was kind of shabby, and his coat was worn and frayed. The man knelt, he bowed his head, then rose and walked away. In the days that followed, each noontime came this chap. Each time he knelt just for a moment, a lunch pail in his lap. Well, the minister's suspicions grew, with robbery a main fear. He decided to stop the man and ask him, what are you doing here? The old man said, he worked down the road, lunch was half an hour. Lunchtime was his prayer time, for finding faith, strength and power. I stay only moments, see the factory so far away. As I kneel here talking to the Lord, this is kind of what I say. I stay only moments, see the factory is so far away. As I kneel here talking to the Lord, this is kind of what I say. I just came again to tell you, Lord, how happy I have been since we found each other's friendship and you took away my sin. Don't know how much how to pray, but I think about you every day. So Jesus, this is Ben, just checking in. The minister, feeling foolish, told Ben that was fine. Time to go, Ben smiled and said thanks. As he hurried to the door, the minister knelt at the altar. He'd never done that before. His cold heart melted. 
warmed with love, and met with Jesus there. As the tears flowed in his heart, he repeated old Ben's prayer. I just came again to tell you, Lord, how happy I have been. Since we found each other's friendship and you took away my sin, don't know much of how to pray, but I think about you every day. So, Jesus, this is me checking in. Past noon, one day, the minister noticed that old Ben had not come. As more days passed, with no signs of Ben, he began to worry some. At the factory, he asked about him, learning he was ill. The hospital staff was worried, but Ben had given them a thrill. The week that Ben was with them, he brought changes in the ward. His smiles, his joy contagious, changed people were his reward. The head nurse couldn't understand why Ben was so glad. When no flowers, calls or cards came, not a visitor he had. The minister stayed by Ben's bed. He voiced the nurse's concern. No friends came to show they cared. He had nowhere to turn. Looking surprised, old Ben spoke up and with a winsome smile, the nurse is wrong. She couldn't know that in, her, that in here all the while, every day at noon, he's here. A dear friend of mine, you see, he sits right down, takes my hand, leans over and says to me, I just came again to tell you, Ben, how happy I have been since we found this wonderful friendship and I took away your sin. I always love to hear you pray and I think about you every day. And so, Ben, this is Jesus checking in. We love that. So if you, um, what we want to do is to pray a section of this over you. Let me just move this on one. So on the left-hand side, if I get my lesson right, it's the right way around. On the left-hand side, we're just going to pray this over you. We want to speak the heart of Jesus over you. And we're going to pause twice where you can see the crosses. And we'd just like you to silently put your name in at that point. Because it's personal. Okay. I just came Jane. again to tell you how, how happy, happy I, I have, have been since we found this wonderful friendship and I took away your sin. I always love to hear you pray and I think about you every day. And so, this is Jesus checking in. Amen. Now, if you want to respond... We'd love you to say the bit on the right-hand side of the screen. Um, and we can just say it all together. So it's good just for us to say it all out aloud. So are you ready? Okay. I just came again to tell you, Lord, how happy I have been since we found each other's friendship and you took away my sin. Don't know much of how to pray, but I think about you every day. So Jesus... This, this is me, me checking, checking in. in. Amen.
Um, so if you like that bit, there's some printed copies on the desk at the back, and we'd love you for t- to take one away, maybe to pray that daily. That's something that we could all do. Just as we were thinking about this, just two groups of people came to mind here. So firstly, if you've said that prayer for the first time, you've never said that before, you've never checked in with Jesus, then we're delighted to welcome you to God's family. That's what it's about. It'd be great if you just let us know. For some, God might have been putting his hand on uh, his, his finger on a particular sin that, that you've struggled, that you maybe need to bring to him for his forgiveness. And please be reassured, it doesn't matter if you brought it to him for the hundredth time, um, he still wants to forgive you. And it kind of brought to me a scripture, I hope I'll remember to say it correctly, uh, from the book of Hebrews, uh, which it says, since we're gathered together with a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that um, hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us then run the race that God's marked out for us with perseverance um, and keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So we can do that. God doesn't want us to stay stuck with that. He wants us to repent and bring that to him. But we might need our family around us. So if you would like some prayer about that, then um, as we're responding in the next part of the meeting or afterwards, then if you wanted some prayer, just come to the side. That's where somebody from your church community just stands alongside you. Um, So we're going to respond now to that message in um, uh, communion and song worship. And I think that's just at the time where we remember uh, the gift that Jesus has given us of his eternal life. And just like in the story, it gives us a space to respond in deep gratitude to Jesus. For he's the one who's forgiven us, who saved us, who's rescued us, who loves us, and who gives us peace. Thank you.